Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. First off, we get, uh, before I begin uh, the rector's address, this is the address for the annual meeting. I'd like to say thank you, and I'm grateful for all of you who are here in person. I know that you braved through uh, all that snow shoveling to make it here this morning. Um, and I'm glad that all of you are safe, and I'm glad also that those who are watching online are safe at home as they're participating with us in this service while watching uh, with us and praying with us in this particular moment. Friends, this is my eighth annual report at Christ Church. Joy fills me as your rector. The emotion joy is different from happiness. Happiness depends on the environment. It's when the sun is shining and there is no snow that prevents us from coming to church. And everything in the world seems to be going in the right direction. Joy, however, is what our souls yearn. Undisturbed by the environment, depending not on success or failure, joy dwells deep within us and gives us inward contentment, even in desperate circumstances. It needs no outward stimulus. Count it all joy, the Bible says, when you fall into various trials. From James' letter. During a global pandemic in a changing world, as institutions struggle and anxiety is in the air, there is joy here at Christ Church a community of faith. We find joy as we gather or connect in person or online. We experience it as we work on projects together, as we engage in Bible study, as we watch our kids in Christmas pageants and Sunday school, as we pray with one another. We find this joy in our services as we sing together and in our fellowship as we eat together. We embrace this joy as we share our community's life, knowing that the Holy One of Israel, God, is in the center of all of our experiences. In our faith, hope and joy intertwine. Yes, joy and hope fill me up because as the rest of the world seems to have shut down, our church has joyfully leaned into our challenges. And because of this, God has blessed us. Today's first lesson is from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet to the nation of Judah as it was being conquered and destroyed by Babylon. His people despaired. They felt abandoned by God wondering what they did wrong to deserve such a challenge-filled life. To these people, the prophet was born to speak a word of hope. Scholars call Jeremiah the lamenting prophet because he too fell prey to despair. History tells us that he was among those exiled to Babylon. But Jeremiah discovered a truth in his lament. Surveying his people and the contemporaries of his faith, Jeremiah discerned the word of God. 
In Jeremiah 29, he tells the surviving elders, priests, scribes, prophets, and people of Israel. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah encourages God's people to live in hope and joy, adapting in the face of the challenges because God did not abandon them, but traveled with them into Babylon. Jeremiah proclaims the good news, news repeatedly affirmed by Jesus. God helps us face our challenges enabling us to adapt, to live with hope and joy as we leave, move forward to the kingdom of God. The Hebrew faith survives today and gave birth to our faith because during that horrible and traumatic experience, the Jewish people did not die out, surviving and thriving. They formed new and a, a, a new and viable society built on the ruins of the old. Instead, the challenges they faced helped refine, discipline, and strengthen their faith, giving it vigor and direction to carry them forward. We can understand the despair of God's people in Jeremiah's time. In fact, it feels as if Jeremiah was born to speak to our world. As we face the global pandemic, as people feel the weight of the, our challenges, many are scared. Many are anxious, feeling burnt out. We understand the feelings that Jeremiah and the people of Israel felt. But I invite you to embrace the vision of the prophet. God is not done with us yet. God, the source of our hope, walks with us in our challenges and helps us adapt, helping us to find hope and joy as we move forward. This is what Christ Church has done and will continue to do. Since I joined Christ Church in 2014, our vision has always been growth-oriented. We have and continue to grow in attendance, in our ability to meet the needs of our aging building and in our spirituality. At our annual meeting, our senior warden will show us statistics showing that while other faith communities are in decline, our church is bucking that trend. Our parish has grown in financial commitment and average Sunday attendance is steadily increasing even in a pandemic year as we incorporate a conservative outlook on online participation. Our senior warden will outline some strategies to continue our growth 
in this time period. But I'd like to concentrate on why we are called to grow as a community. Why go to church, in other words? One only has to Google health benefits of church attendance, and you will find study after study that tell us regular attendance decreases stress hormones and increases hormones of connection and well-being. Our brains grow as we use our imagination, reflection, and thinking. Church attendance is linked with better and improved sleep as we see decrease in anxiety and depression. Study after study suggests better and more stable relationships in marriage and friendship. Being a part of a church community is associated with a long life expectancy and resilience, as well as a lower blood pressure, sometimes. <laughs> church also helps us to have better clarity and focus during decision-making. The list of personal physical benefits is long, but there are benefits to our soul as well. As we learn to love and listen to one another, we become better human beings, con concerned with more than just ourselves and our needs. And as we commit to God's vision through the gospel of Jesus, we understand that Jesus established the church to create a better world. The church's mission is outlined in our catechism, and it is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. In other words, we are to be centers of hope, joy, and reconciliation as people find their connection with God and with one another. I hope that you could see that our growth helps our world. But here are some of our church's successes for this past year while in a global pandemic. We just completed a successful capital campaign. We are, we've just installed a geothermal system and an air conditioning system. We've made significant property improvement, improvements uh, outlined in our architectural and property committee report, including the refurbishment of our organ we engage in a significant outreach through our online ministries. We are now seen in over 43 countries and translated into 18 different languages. We've made significant connections that have derived financial support by our growing congregation. We have 21 new pledging units in this year alone. We received a significant security grant from the federal government allowing us to improve security at our church. <laughs> Here are some of our initiatives for 2022. We need to build a Sunday school program that needs to be revitalized, especially in the COVID, current COVID environment. We need to start thinking out of the box. We have to have a re-engagement of our in-person services to levels equivalent to, to those prior to COVID. Morning prayer, evening prayer, even song, Compline, we need to get them all back. We need to continue to engage in our online ministries of morning prayer, Holy Eucharist, and Food for Thought, because these make available our services to those who can't come to church. 
We need to become better at communicating within our parish, especially as we grow. And we need to improve our communication to the world. We have something to offer the world, and it is important for the world to see it, hear it, and experience it. We need to find innovative ways to engage our young parents of church school participants. We need to continue to look ways to improve engagement in all generations of people here at Christ Church and in our community of Westerly and Stonington. With the help of the wardens, vestry, and all of you, I know that we'll make significant inroads within these initiatives. <coughs> Finally, I'm grateful for the supportive wardens and executive team that we have. Caswell Cook, Sarah Starkweather, Natalie Pukas, Dan Leonard. I'm also grateful for an amazing vestry and 36 committees, subcommittees, commissions and clubs with extremely capable and wise church chairpersons. I'm equally grateful for a wonderful staff. We have Father Eric, we have Jackie Smith, we have Christy Allardyce, we have Dorothy Adams, Bob Barber, George Kent, and David Jocelyn. I also give thanks for our consultant staff, Ben Barber and Shane Bellinger and Lisa Onenberg. We wouldn't have been able to engage in effective ministry without their help this past year. And I'm so pleased that we have now Father Al Sadiq, who has joined our staff. Father Al will be an immense support for us as we continue to meet the pastoral needs of our growing parish. Most of all, I'm grateful for all of you, those of you who are present here today and those who are watching online. Your faith and your joy as we face the challenging world is part of my joy. You are part of the reason why I am joyful to be a priest. The rest of my joy comes from my family and from God. I hope that you continue to experience the joy here at Christ Church. Amen.